you can say that we are trying to find different ways to make digital journalism together, to find and make special projects that combine our different skill sets. The person you just heard is Yasmin El-Rafi, the project manager and product owner of the Digital Task Force at Swedish Radio. I'm Katalina Albanu, and in this episode of the Journalism Dakota UK podcast, we'll find out how Yasmin's team works and how it fits into the newsroom. Currently in its second year, the Digital Task Force at Swedish Radio is designed to help different parts of the newsroom create digital stories, with a focus on audio, of course. Its aim is somewhat similar to that of certain news labs and special projects teams in other media organizations. Though the task force works on specific story ideas journalists pitch when applying to work with them. The team includes people with varied skills, headed by Yasmin, who has a background in journalism. My project runs for four years, and what I know for sure is that during those four years, the team will at least consist of me as a project manager and two developers. That's the basics. For this year, which is our second year, we got also a designer and a producer, which I would say is really the bottom line or the baseline for what you have to have to even just produce anything. Because prior to that, I'm a former journalist, I was doing like, I don't know how many different hats I would be wearing, figuratively speaking. Um, So right now the team consists of six people, were usually at least three. And those six would be me as a project manager and product owner, Marcus, who is the producer. He's been a journalist, but he also has a big digital skill set. And he also used to be a social media expert. So he has that expertise as well. Then we have Eric, who is a former web designer, front-end developer, nowadays a data journalist. Maxim, who is a designer, both UX and graphic design, and Nicholas and Carolina, who are the two web developers. What we try to do, though, is to be as T-shaped as we can. And T-shaped meaning that you have your one specific uh, skill that you are really a specialist in, but you can kind of cheat in the other areas as well. Um, And I think that's an absolute necessity when you're so small because you have to be able to cover for each other. Like today, I have one person who's on holiday, one who is ill, one who's doing union work, and one who only works part-time. So you have to be able to produce something even you don't have that specific person around who has that skill set. Or at least we have to do it, considering the resources we have to play with. So how can you keep such a team organized? The answer, of course, is by using many, many post-its. If you ask my team, they would laugh at the moment because I really have an obsession with post-its. However, they are essential when you are an immature kind of development team, which we are, because we have such turnover all the time 
or have had so far. So we've had new people coming in all the time. Um, so it's quite hard to just rely on silent knowledge when you have a quite mature team or a usual kind of newsroom or whatever, which are fairly similar nowadays, you can just put in a new person and that one will basically know what to do. And that's where the post-its come in, basically. Each story is broken down into smaller tasks and each member of the team is working on one task at any one time. Post-its with these tasks written on them help everyone know what others are working on and when tasks are completed. This is a common element of development team workflows, but Yasmin's team has adapted it slightly to fit a journalistic context, as journalists from the newsroom also join the team temporarily when their projects are selected. I mean, the cultural divide is huge. Journalists are like, if you talk about special newsroom journalists, are really used to just working on deadlines. It's, it's if you can do something last minute, why do it two weeks ahead? Well, development i mean will have a different idea of time basically you you don't do something for the day i mean like a week is that's not a lot of time you need like you need time and trying to combine those two different views on on time how to work together how to communicate and then of course after the team grew we've started experimenting with maybe sometimes leaving the post-its aside. So if we're doing like a big, uh, I don't like to call them long reads because we really tried to integrate audio, <laughs> but if you do like a long scrollable, whatever you do, we try to print it and then we put it on a whiteboard and then we can all see what we're working on and we can have arrows and we can see who's doing what and what's still missing. And that kind of visual collaboration is actually the most efficient method we've experienced so far. So how do journalists access this task force? Yasmin has put together a transparent application process for Swedish radio journalists who think their stories could benefit from a digital makeover. What we will do basically is that we, the newsrooms, no matter which they are, can apply for our help with any kind of project. We have a list of things trying to be really transparent on how we prioritize. And that list is very specific about not giving special treatments to the big bullies or the small ones, but really try to take into account whether there is an idea about audio, because that's what we do, um, whether there is a relevance for the audience, whether this idea includes a connection between social media and web and FM broadcast and all these kinds of things. So basically they need to scroll by that priority list, uh, answer a few questions like why would the audience want to take part of this and then they submit their application. Then we will go through that, scan them through, basically dedicate a week or two and they will give us one or a few editors from their newsroom for that specific week. Then they show up at our place and basically we do the thing. And since we can't be agile about time, which a lot of other development teams are used to, we need to be agile with scope is that. So we have different levels where we have a minimum viable product and then we have like nice to haves and extras and then we 
see how far we get, basically. The idea behind the application process is to allow any journalist, regardless of their level of digital skills, pitch a story and ask for help. The initial request also does not necessarily stay unchanged, as the format of the story can alter throughout the process. One example would be the Sami Council elections that we just had. Um, they filled in the form and basically just wrote, uh, we would like a few video infographics on how the elections work. And that instead ended up being, um, I think they, it ended up in 20, 25 different news stories where we would run through data-wise all the candidates, uh, the people voting, where are they located, uh, how rich are they, I don't know, all different things. We would also look at the mining industry, how it's affected the indigenous population population. Um, we would do that data-wise by taking out all the mines, putting them out on the map, whatever. Um, so they already did three videos. We had a creative process. We had workshops. Uh, it ended up being our own news stories. We do research, uh, some interactives, like compare yourself with the average voter, and also um, packaging and kind of like presentation of like a bot, a chatbot, where you could uh, ask about the elections, uh, attractive like publications, long reads, long audio, uh, and so forth. The biggest challenge for the team, Yasmin says, is to make other people in the organization aware of what they do, why it's important, and what resources the team needs to complete their job. And I think one of the main things that a lot of people don't understand is the importance of saying no. That was the main thing when I accepted the job, that I would actually, as a product owner, have the right to say no. But then being transparent, you people don't need to complain about being unfair or whatever, because they can see a reason you're getting a no. It was too late or it was, you know, whatever. But I would say that having the mandate of saying no, having people coming to work with us instead of, us being dependent on them delivering whenever they can is a huge asset. It's so efficient. You've been listening to the journalism.co.uk podcast.